Welcome to podcast This Escape, the show, podcast where we talk about the escape room that we escaped from in the previous episode of this podcast. Still can't quite say it. It's <laughs> a wordy sentence. Uh, we have just, well, I haven't, but uh, you guys have just escaped from the second time we've done a witch's hut. Congratulations. Congratulations, Thank Julian you and Jonah. Oh so my Just made it. Oh, yeah, man. I felt death's touch there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you guys did really well, especially given that this isn't something that you, you're not like super fans who've listened to every episode and you know how it goes. Like, this was pretty... Kinda... This was new for us. Yeah. So yeah. We'll admit it. We'll admit it. Not... <laughs> uh, but you guys did really well. You got into it. You you, you got all the puzzles oh, solved. It was yeah. a pleasure to listen to you guys. <laughs> oh, it was good fun. Good, good, good. Oh, how do you do? You feel? Does it make you feel smart afterwards or stupid? I feel well. We got bugged down in that. <laughs> they've heard all the puzzles, right? We're not doing any spoilers. No, no, all yeah, spoilers, so, all spoilers, spoilers, yeah. spoilers. We got we got so bugged down in the <laughs> in the cauldron puzzle, and yeah. all it required it was, was so teamwork. Easy in the yeah, end. because we were so determined. I think a little bit of us had our ego on the yeah. line in that one because <laughs> we have like we play a lot of board games together, mm. like. And very competitive. Like, you know, we see each other a lot of time during the week and 90% of that is board games. And when we're playing board games, there's just so much writing on it. So I think I think we let our which egos... Which one of us is going to solve which this Which head was first. bigger in the two-headed night story? And then as soon as we even like... As soon as you just mentioned, mentioned the end state, I was like, yeah. I've already figured it out. I was, just, I was trying with red instead of blue. I was like, how do I get to this Yeah, but it is, it's, one, it's one of these cases. We say this to everybody who comes on the show that... Oftentimes, just saying the little bit of, or like, whatever part of the puzzle you have mm. will make it the other person have the other person just click, right? That's exactly what happened here. You knew how it needed to end, and you were like, well, now I know how it needs to start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And th- that was great. It reminded me of all those, like, I love school, that puzzle, school puzzles yeah. that, like, you have to quickly solve, like those Mensa tests and mm. all that kind of thing. Oh, that, <laughs> that, that type of puzzle design. So for, so for, for you, Danny, mm. like, that, that puzzle of. Like do something to A and anything adjacent to A gets mm. switched, right? Is is very common. It's a common definitely. Video game it's a puzzle. I remember puzzle, specifically yeah. uh, what Knights of the Old Knights of the Old Republic had that, in, and you do to unlock a cage oh. uh, in the very first planet. Uh, I haven't played. But and no, so Jonah is going I, off right that was now. that was right. my absolute favorite game. And I had the same puzzle and with they have five. This- green and red switches that you have to press and, and, perfect and then in Knights of the Old Republic 2 they also have the one where like it's like five different colours and five different things and you have to like accumulate them do you mm. remember like these orbs that stacked yeah yeah, yeah right? so. it's a similar so it's a, it's a puzzle design that is that there are a few places that, that I've seen yeah it. so even though we haven't had it too much on the podcast because there is definitely a visual element to it so I don't want to overdo mm. things like this <laughs> but when there aren't too many steps and it's a puzzle that I think a lot of people can connect to from somewhere or another mm. that it's not too bad a one to have here i found it very interesting because it's like doing it in your brain is so much harder than just being able to like hit the buttons in a video game and be like that goes there that goes there that goes there and then as soon as you've kind of like visualized what does what once you can do it easier Mm. on a game Mm. because here it was like just your answer for you a letter on paper and i was like wait which is going where if I clear this? Because <laughs> part of solving this type of mechanic is almost solving how you would solve this type of mechanic. Like once we mm. realized we needed to write down the progressive states totally. as opposed to the same state, yeah. then we started making progress. Mm. And that's sort of what like in this sort of format, the way to do it is to try and make it as, as physical as possible mm. with your notes, right? So you do start to write, like for me, I could only solve it when I went, all right, let me just go like, all right, I add blue to the first one. So B, R, blank. All right, then I'm going to go B, blank, blank. And then I'm going to go 
B R B and then B and then P P P. But like I like yeah. do them so I can see it like in the video game of like I flick it and I can see them change. Yeah. Like, so I had to like mm. make that real for myself. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite a hard one to do purely in your head. In your oh, absolutely! Brain. I'm terrible yeah. at doing that sort of thing entirely in my head. Mm. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's really interesting and it's like it's like trying to do those sorts of puzzles where you need to rotate three-dimensional objects in your head. Totally. And you're just like, oh, I cannot. Which of like, these will fold up to make a cube and which won't? Yeah, right? It's yeah. just, it's yeah. like, it is really... Do- and that's like, that's when it goes from being a puzzle to being like an IQ test. You get those in IQ mm. tests for spatial reasoning. Um, and yeah. this is the sort of thing, the more you can bring it into something you can physically interact with, the better, which is which is hard in audio media. Mm. Uh, but it, but it works right for you guys here. It works with notes for people at home. If they're listening to it, the solution makes sense. Mm. Yeah. If they're trying to work it out, then they'd need to stop and and, and write it Take out. Which some second. people do. Some yeah. people pause and and, and just and, sit there and solve it. And once you and once you go through it, you know you can almost imagine someone either either writing it down and following the steps, or or kind of visualizing it, being like, oh, okay, I can kind of see it popping mm. up in your head. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, how did you feel that this compared to real escape rooms? Like, what felt similar? What felt different? Oh, great question. It was unbelievably immersive for something that Aww. you can do just sitting down. Like, yeah. I was a two-headed knight from start to finish. <laughs> and I, I felt like... I felt like I had a great to time. From. Yeah. I will say that that felt like the most we've ever gotten into an intro yeah. out of any episode. <laughs> something I think is really cool is just when I go to an escape room, I'm like, okay, so this they're trying to make it feel super real and now like I'm in it and like I'm mostly there, but I'm not 100% here. But then in something like this, it's like no one's trying to fool me that it's 100% real, mm. which makes it more real in my mind. <laughs> Because there's no me like, trying to get convinced at any stage. It's like, like this uncanny valley of, totally. of immersion, right? Yeah. Where things can get more and more real and then suddenly they're super, super fake, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah. like there's just that turning Someone point. Someone is to, trying to convince me of something. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a point where when it's so real, all you're doing like, you're like, well, I'm, I'm not... just some guy from Sydney. <laughs> in New Zealand. I'm not really a knight, am I? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. it, it, it reminds me of like DVD to Blu-ray. So suddenly it was, <laughs> I was just like, okay, so now it went from looking like a movie to a film set and the film set was less mm-hmm. yes. less yes, interesting less than, the, than the movie. Totally. Yeah. 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 It, it started yeah. to look Such more like people at, on a set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, me imagining an Aztec jungle is more realistic than... A fake Aztec yeah. well, I could walk into in a room yeah. where someone stapled yeah. plants to the wall. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So no, it was not to knock other escape rooms, but no, it, it was really, it was really, it was very cool, really yeah. cool. And I loved. Um, I also just one more thing on the cauldron puzzle. Just uh, I loved how it kind of like it broke up the way your mind had to work. So you have like these different puzzles, which are like, okay, so I need this, I need X for Y and Y mm-hmm. for Z, and then suddenly you just have like. No, I haven't. Like a legitimate separate problem where I just need to use a different side of my brain <laughs> to just, yeah. It is, but like that little section there, in my original notes, when I have, I see I write arrows between things, I make all the connections. I left that one blank until almost the very end where I'd just written, put puzzle here. Because mm. <laughs> I know that those ones feel different. Because yeah. there, there is, there's like a distinction between, and we often call them like puzzle puzzles, mm. like an actual puzzle to mm. do. And the rest is this sort of environmental interaction puzzle. You know, it's the difference between, mm. like, if we go back to talking about video games, which we did for a second, uh, it's like the difference between, like, puzzles in, like, Zelda or, or, like, playing, like, a Prince of Persia game where the puzzle is just how do I move through this environment, like, to mm. line it up, compared to playing a game like The Witness where they're just like, 
here's a puzzle. All right, you've done that puzzle. Keep going. Here's another <laughs> puzzle. It's almost like game versus mini game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah and sure. so throughout the, the room, it's this feeling of I move around, I make connections, I take elements and I stick them together and see what happens. And that sort of adventure game, Sierra kind of, I just mix this with this. Does it work? Mm. Which are like not, they're not a real like puzzle puzzle. It's just like trying to solve problems in a physical space, mm. in this case, in a fake physical space. And then eventually you hit a wall where it's like, no, you just got to sit and do, sit and do use, this puzzle. Use that right? logic brain. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like if it was like the, the terrible version would be to be going along and someone's like, all right, you do a crossword now. <laughs> just solve yeah. a crossword puzzle. Right? Like, which, is the, which is like one of the infamous sort of yeah, bad escape room tropes. you hear about some escape rooms that just throw just a Sudoku like in there. Halfway through to a Sudoku because we need to make time. <laughs> I've but like, never heard of that. It sounds mm, awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, so, so, but so making it both like practically the same as that but emotionally distinct. So it doesn't feel like now we've just stopped and we're doing a puzzle that doesn't fit like a Sudoku or like mm. to make it still have the, the feeling of environmental, but the, the you brain feed of, this a, time. of a puzzle puzzle. Mm, exactly. It's all about justifying exactly. the, uh, most the of situation. My, yeah. Most of my job with this is yeah. loose justifications <laughs> for things. Have you yeah. ever come up with a puzzle that you think fits? Like, or not that you think fits, like that you think is a good puzzle to fit in a room and then decide I can't make this not just feel like sitting and doing a Sudoku? I mean, I'd be surprised if it didn't accidentally happen a couple of times, but for the most part, I don't worry about that because the puzzles are the absolute last thing I come up with. Mm. So everything else is already in place. I think if you've got enough like environmental flavour, it should be fairly easy. Like It depends on, obviously, how complex the puzzle is, but it should should be fairly easy to make the the puzzle (laughs) I mean, fingers crossed I achieve that. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I have nine different ingredients, but only one of each ingredient can go in each row and each column. (laughs) And I have three by three cubes of ingredients to make this potion. Yeah, the actual mechanics are what seem to be hard, right? Yeah. Making the mechanics and then... Which is why I made sure that it could be done in not too many steps. Yeah. Because... No matter how immersive it can be, if it was a 10-step process and one oh. step messed up the whole thing, mm. that might be getting a bit tiresome. For sure. Professor Layton slide puzzles where they're like, actually, exactly. this can be done in a minimum of 15 steps. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks. Like, that is so many permutations. <laughs> like, <laughs> 15 factorial is like 10 million. <laughs> so we've covered the big extensive have to sit on and think, uh, think it over for a while puzzle. What were the moments in here that you felt like you immediately got and made you feel really good about yourselves? Because there were definitely a couple. There were a few. I personally was very happy that I put the eyeshadow on that door. That was yeah. great. Yeah. Well yeah. done. You, you, you looked at me skeptically in the second before it happened, <laughs> I think. But then. Well, I thought that you had <laughs> suggested it in passing, but we hadn't actioned it. And then I thought that the suggestion had been knowed. And then you actioned it, and I was very impressed. Uh, <laughs> no, I wanted to do it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. this is yeah, w- definitely there was a what I want to do. Where we, I was worried that mm. you were, because you sort of suggested. We that joked you went, about it. Oh, we could put on, oh no, it doesn't have eyelashes, so it can't be mascara. Well, maybe. And I was like, no, no, just like stick, stick with it. <laughs> I was sitting there waiting. I was like, come on, just say we do the thing. That must be such an interesting experience for you as designers, just watching your kind of baby. Just move about <laughs> and then people trying to navigate through it. And... I mean, it's it's nice being on this end because this isn't a sort of adversarial thing. I want you to succeed and I yeah, want yeah. you to have fun with it. So I really want... Then there is that sort of balance of I want you to succeed, so I want to sort of tell you when you're doing well, but I don't want you, I don't want to rob you of the feeling smart part, so yeah. I got to shut up as we, well. We, we have the same when, when we're designing games is that when we've got playtesters, we need to make sure that they're having fun. Mm. A lot of that time... 
it's like you're in this weird, I guess I'd also call it an uncanny valley, uncanny valley in going that like, oh, if you just did this, then the game would go a little longer mm-hmm. and everyone would be able to have a little bit more fun but and then they could try interrupt. these combos. Yeah. But the rule we've just been like is... Gotta you let just, them play. You just gotta let them play. You just they gotta, have more fun. Like, yeah. yeah. Imagine <laughs> it must be hard. Like, if someone says, "Oh, this doesn't work," or this, and to not be just like, "Yes, it does." Yes, you just it need does. to do this. <laughs> if you just, <laughs> you just, you just it's so way. obvious. It's sitting right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can relate in that small aspect. Of <laughs> <laughs> just look. Every every copy you sell in the rules, there's just your personal number, so you can they can call you and you can be like, "No, here's how you need no, to play." Yeah. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. <laughs> That's what you want to see on the front of every game you buy. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. Doing- <laughs> um, I also liked the 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 hats of the skeletons. That was, that was we stumbled probably, across that. That was my moment nice. of, of yeah. joy. You personally. did pretty yeah. well. I saw your face at that. Yeah. It was just like a quick moment of happy disbelief. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, because we tried it on the frog and we were sure that was going to work. Then- <laughs> uh, in the playtest, I. I- I punched it. I, I thought there's going to be something in you this hat. You punched the frog? No, the hat. Oh. I reached into the hat to like, get stuff out. And, and I, you gave it a, a voice. I just made it go, oh. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, there's something inside you this hat. Definitely yeah, a sorting strange, hat type deal. Yeah, like in a weird, like mystical alternate dimension. I did end up putting it on the skeletons mm. fairly quickly. but You I never don't, put it on himself. I never put it on myself. Really? So I, 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 I so thought I didn't that was know. a surprise. And it's Gotta try the, it. Because the, 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 the clue there like comes out, right? Like it doesn't fit in your head. You've got like too much living parts of your head, right? You've got hair <laughs> and your head. So, so like these yeah. just, these skulls, it fits on quite well. Um, it doesn't help that I drew the witch as having a really big head. <laughs> oh, yeah. You never know how your diagram is going to anchor you well, into different... How about um, that? Uh, take a look at my picture and compare it to yours. See how things ended up. You've got everything flipped. Cause you yeah, I did it on the reverse. You, you flipped yeah. your lefts and rights. For some reason, you're like, oh, it's from his perspective. I, I did like, it from the perspective anyway. of the guy on the floor, like, facing the door. <laughs> yeah. so. I, I kept on looking at yours and being like, am I just hearing everything in the complete opposite way? <laughs> I think mine is pretty similar, except flipped. Hmm. Yours is just, just a square. The same, <laughs> the same oh, but the square. Right. If you flip back in your book, uh, you'll see my, my uh, illustration. I think one more page over. Uh, wrong way. Look at him he's flipping things again. Um, That's my witch in the middle there. Look oh, yeah. that is a giant witch. <laughs> she, she took a break from the podcast to draw that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I had a lot. I had a lot of fun with this room. I play tested this quite recently. It was really nice. This is again, and this maybe in a mean way. This is becoming. A, this is becoming a bit of a theme for this season. Um, but it, but in, in a good way. Time. This feels like you're revisiting a theme of something we've done early on. So we've done a witch's tower uh, mm. back in season one. Yeah. Uh, which was very different. Like in terms of the actual design of the room and the feeling of the story, very different. Mm. Did you, again, like were you consciously avoiding certain things because they were too samey? Honestly, 100% no. I wasn't even thinking about that last episode with the witch's tower because my basis for this one was always you have been poisoned, find the cure for poison. The witch part... Kind of incidental. It just happened to fit the best setting for this poisoned thing that was going on. Did you, when you first came up with the thought, did you, did you have other ideas pop up? Like maybe you've been poisoned and you're like a James Bond secret agent, or you're. Ooh, a, did you no, come up with I other... really didn't. You know why? It's because years and years ago, when DMing for our Dragon Age roleplay game um, <laughs> campaigns, this sort of thing was always one of my mini campaign ideas. Oh, to have so a, it was always poisoned. a fantasy setting for me. How interesting. Mm. 
It is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty um, much. Now, uh, one question. Just what would you expect was the absolute last thing that I came up with as an idea for a thing in this room? Hmm. Oh. I reckon it was the swords. I reckon the swords and the skeletons thing. I think you wanted an extra step before the cauldrons because they were mm. coming in too quick. So you added an extra little path to get there. Now, take a look at my map and see if you can figure out what was last because there is something missing. You've got, I think, no cupboard and no chest of drawers. There's a chest of drawers next to the door. Oh, Could yeah. it be the rafters? Could they have just been added in? No, the rafters were always there. Is there the... is something in my oh. picture that is not mentioned. Locked cupboard. What did we use the broom Cell. for again? What's Look the, the broom the eye, the eye. Look at the door. No, door right. with eye. Look at the cupboard. No tongue? No, no tongue. tongue. The tongue was the absolute last thing that no. got put in there. I love the tongue. And Me too. I, the tongue. The tongue is a crowd pleaser. The, the tongue room. is right, so I good. I cannot imagine doing it without the, the tongue. The now. tongue's no. going to be the badge for season five. <laughs> I love the tongue. Also, it was so creative. I don't. Well, I don't know how much like, Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventuring you did. One of them, One Night in Pain House, has a oh. giant tongue in it that you have to throw candy at. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Because the tongue is something that I can just picture. It would be so good in, in a movie or a game and or just, just a 3D animation. And just, when I thought of it, I just kind of slapped myself on the head and went, I've already got an eye. This makes so much got, sense. Got That's why I never would have guessed you thought of it last. Yeah. I thought that the eye and the tongue... It's remarkable. Like, yeah. It just happens. And I love that it's purple and that's what... It's like right? that's classic. You've like had a blue yeah. slushy and your tongue's all yeah. blue. Yeah. Like it's it like, fun. wait, it's purple, but it's too purple. <laughs> it's nice. just, that's, yeah. I'm glad. Why did she say it's really purple as opposed to just purple? <laughs> just purple's, just also, purple's also just like a subtle enough thing that it could just be like the kind of a fleshy tongue color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like said, a Pokemon-y tongue. Yeah. If I you'd had believe said that it was f- green, then yeah, you'd be yeah. too you would much. have absolutely noted it a lot more. Totally. Mm. We poured a lot of acid on it a lot earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was. It was just it's just the right level. And so we've and we've talked about this before many, many times, that that's sort of the version in this game of searching in an escape room, right? Because searching in an escape room, you have to fiddle around and look yeah. carefully. Mm. In this, it's catching the little words and the little connections, like catching, ooh, did we mm. mention a colour? Was there a colour earlier? Was the tongue a mm. colour? Because we've got colours again. Like, and and like catching like that the swords things. didn't come off no matter how much you wanted, but they did rotate. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? which, you, which you did as well, right? You- I kind of prefer it that way than just compared to just running around mm. an escape room haphazardly, just <laughs> picking up everything or just like touching stuff because you can. And you do it well <laughs> it's like in different. that you're yeah. not... Well, at least I thought you weren't any. You weren't stressing the keywords. They were just words <laughs> that maybe were, there, yeah. you know, a little bit of a more exotic adjective mm. than I generally it's... would have heard in conversation. That's good. I'm glad it works. I often worry that I pull it back too much and don't emphasize it, enough. It, it does work. No, well, I think it's, it's nice. Again, right? it's, it makes it a searching exercise. It makes mm. it a hold on a second. Say that again. Mm. Yeah. And also, yeah, you you want it stripped back because we're consciously looking for them. Yeah. So there's Fingers already crossed. an extra level. Of us yeah. scrutinizing what you say, so. and it, it's funny because if you go back to like, like again, like old um, adventure games on computer or, or text-based adventure things, they have the habit of doing the opposite, where they're just like, you mm. see a, and then in big bold letters, bucket. Yeah. It looks like it could be kicked. He's like, oh, <laughs> all right. I you guess know? I kick the bucket, and then it's an old Sierra game, so it's like, oh, you die. Yeah, oh, <laughs> the game again. Demon bucket, classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's like. 
they often because they they because they're not robust, right? They have to very much specify this is the thing you can do because I have such a limited lexicon of mm. words. I need you to understand this is what I want you to type. Mm. Whereas you're allowed to because this is very free, right? And and, and we've we, we maybe touched on this a little bit. That's one of the be- the beauties of this format of how we play it is it's super robust, mm. right? Mm. To people messing with it, right? We don't we don't play test these hugely, but because if things happen differently, we are here to just say yeah, okay, that's going to yeah. do this mm. now, right? Like, yeah. we are here to just say, actually, maybe do it this way. Like, I didn't picture the two heads simultaneously <laughs> eating just different things, for sure. And, and so they're really robust to different, like, inputs from the player, right? Mm. Because it's a conversation. Uh, and it's really robust to change it on the fly to suit something that's kind of like, well, that is mm. right. Like, yeah, it's, they don't very need to get the, it's very so, flexible. It's very So it's, it's, it's really yeah. nice as a format. It's part the of the key. Only, the only gamble a, with that is yeah. that we release our notes for free for people to play at home. So I do have to relinquish that control to someone else and just say, cool, you have that control now. You deal <laughs> yeah. with the problems your players come you up with. <laughs> but that's part of being a good DM, right? Mm. Is, well, yeah, exactly. Is that, Hopefully. that flexibility and the, <laughs> the play that comes with it. Rolling with the punches. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And it's very funny because I love GMing and DMing all tabletop roleplay games, but I do not see myself as good at improvising, even <laughs> a little bit. I just have to try to plan for everything. <laughs> like in so my... how, how, many, how many pages of notes did we not get to? Oh, you definitely <laughs> got through the vast majority oh, of them. Okay, it's just yeah. I like to put in little things for wrong answers, like... Right giving a thing for if you put stuff in the cauldron before the clear liquid is there, it vanishing, maybe really sure that happened. I like that, that cool. touch. Yeah, yeah. If you try to get the toad to go to the mushrooms before it's ready, that sort of thing. So yeah. I try to put in a few. If you screw up in some way, what I expect people to screw up mm. yeah. uh, to try to put that in to make it feel like it wasn't no, I like something that, that caught me totally off guard. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I mean, look, everyone will do something that catches me off guard. I've just got to try to work it in somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think being flexible would definitely mm. like that allows you to not have to play tested four hundred thousand times and have it. Yes, exactly. definitely. Yeah. Right, because you have the control to, to to change it. They're also like the way they're designed, um, which we've 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 talked about before on on, on episodes about how to design these, um, is that Danny does them with these like like arrows of here to here to here to here to here. Right, there's there's clear paths that lead you around the puzzles. Right, and they're and they're locked so that you couldn't get them if you don't start from point A and go to point B. Mm. You can't accidentally jump into point C. You can and that's in- the... you can inspect them, but you can't yeah, right? move past. Like them. so, for example, right? You could never do any of the potion stuff before you had solved the swords and skulls stuff, right? Because you well, had to the frog. The frog was key. That's yeah, you needed right? that key as well. Yeah. But if you'd done all the frog stuff, but not the sword stuff, mm. you would have you had the powders, had... but no liquid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you wouldn't have had the ability to, and you wouldn't have had the recipe for the final thing mm. until you've dealt with the tongue. Mm. So everything gets locked and gated behind these things. So you can't do the potion until you have the recipe from the tongue cupboard mm. and the key. That's so the there were two part. separate roads: Kinda, the frog yeah. puzzle and the yeah. cell puzzle. Exactly. Yeah, one leading to the liquid, one leading to the. And then you go as far powder. as you can until you hit uh-huh. the barrier. And right? then conversely, by the time you reach the end, and you know that you have to deal with those mushrooms in the rafters, you have to have already dealt with the frog in the rafters, so mm. you know that that's the viable option that you should take. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, so it's like it's an exercise in in kind of routing puzzles mm. to get places, which is really fun. And make and the and the the one thing that we try when we're playtesting is just seeing. Can, can I jump? Be broken? Can I jump ahead? Right? Mm. Yeah. Can I immediately just do this? Right? Mm. Or do I have enough? But even then, on off chances where it something slips through and it does happen, you have the capacity in a format like this to just say, "No, it doesn't work." 
Yeah. <laughs> like in a real escape room, you probably could have ripped those swords off the wall. Yeah. Right? In yeah, this yeah. one, we can just be like, no, you don't. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> doesn't happen. They still Next. just spin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pouring acid. Mm, fair. Doesn't work. Does <laughs> any, idea. No. Does any of this process that we're describing ring true to you as board game designers or is it totally no, different? Absolutely. What I was just about to ask is something that I thought that you navigated really well and something that we as board game designers have to think about a lot is tempo. So mm. essentially, how can we keep it exciting the whole way through and not have a climax and then a dip or how can we not have too much of a kind of slow start so how do you get the puzzles just the right difficulty so that we're engaged and don't just like get downtrodden that's a bloody good question Uh, i have no idea how much of that is inherent in the writing of the room and how much of it is just because we have this ability to make it a conversation and make it talk and throw characters in there i more, more, probably more than I should. I throw an animal in there for people to get attached to. Okay. So w- once they're emotionally invested in something greater than themselves, that's so funny. It tends to keep them going. Like your game full of animals. I yes. have a feeling that won't be a problem. Yeah. yeah, no, that's right. I think. I think, but there is also there's also a thing about like the way the puzzles work. We, and you mentioned it offhand as you started, right? Like, there's often. No, like enough information or you, or you you separate out the information a lot at the start so that you're not going to kind of understand the swords until you start to see the skeletons talk about them and you see the cold like and so because of that the first half of the gameplay is usually looking at everything because you mm, don't know where to yeah, start it's exploratory and really. you get that little bit and it builds up it's like oh, i see this and i see this and i, and I want to check off everything and there's a moment where you go okay now i kind of have to st- I, obviously i have all the info because yeah everything. I guess I better start going and you ramp into a puzzle mode and then Mm. that continues because you've already looked at everything. And I think you try to get one single step puzzle, like one thing that is a problem and the solution is one step away, like the broom and the eye were immediately connected. There weren't middling steps for that so that the first puzzle can be solved kind of faster because i feel like once you solve one puzzle you feel comfortable you feel like cool i'm not just sucking at this this well, is find, for me you find one lead and exactly. then that lead gives you the next lead and it, it then it evolves naturally yeah. and there might yeah. still be some that take a while before you can fully solve them but yeah. once you've gotten the ball rolling with the more straightforward ones mm. and one of the one of the best feelings that these that, that happens in these is when you've followed a lead to a certain point and you go okay I'm looking for something. Like I'm looking for something that's octagonal because I know I've got an octagonal lock. Mm. Dang. I better go back to searching. Go back to searching. Da, da, da. Then you find a little octagon and go, octagon, let's go. I've got my octagon. <laughs> you run back and put it on, right? Like, so you have these moments where when you hit a wall, yeah. it's good to know what's stopping you. Because mm. then when you go that's back to searching, totally. there's the feeling of, like one of the best feelings <laughs> when you're playing these is like, Hold on a second. That's, that's what, what we were looking for. Yeah. Grab it. Run. I go back. Well, that's the right? That's what the crystal yeah. ball's cool. for, right? It's, the crystal ball <laughs> yeah. is the first lead. And then we found mm. the crystal ball before we found the eye. Mm. So then we yes, found so you know the line. We were like, eye wants to be pretty. We are like, oh, there's an eye in silver. You said that like two seconds before we touched the door. Yeah. yeah. And we found the door in the eye, but it was like, oh, well, it wasn't yeah. the eye in like, silver. There it is. There it is. This actually takes me to something that I think I found completely unique to this format. And I don't know if, if you had the same experience, Jules, or maybe some of your other um, escape roomists did, but something unique to this format is I felt a kind of uh, 
self-consciousness of exploring too much at the beginning. So what I because I'm imagining I, I a listener. I think I know what you mean. I've played a few, yeah. and I think I understand what you're going. Yeah, because you're imagining a listener, and you're like, they want me to. I should be solving puzzles, puzzles yeah. left, right, and center. Mm. If I explore everything in the room before I get started, isn't that going to be boring? And then I thought later on, oh well, of course, you know, they're getting to you know start to see this room in their mind because you're you're yeah. describing you're a little bit more, presumably to an extent they're playing as well. Yeah, they need exactly. this information. They're, exactly, they're probably sitting there going, "Why the hell haven't you touched this crystal ball yet?" Totally. <laughs> we do love that reaction yeah. as yeah. well. Totally. We want that. Day one when we came up with the idea, I was like, "What's going to be great is people are going to be listening, going, you idiots! Yeah, you idiots, this is what you should be doing.' Yeah. And I thought that's what I want. I want yeah. everyone to be yelling at us <laughs> like we're all idiots. But it's very different to um, like an escape room, which you do with a bunch of your friends because the pressure there is you want to feel like you're part of the team and you're helping mm. whereas this was like i want to make sure that my actions are also interesting yeah there's a little <laughs> bit of performance and i feel like there are a lot of like actual play D podcasts that struggle to find that balance like they mm. might be great at D, but not so great at the performance side of things so yeah. it doesn't come out as well on a podcast and that sort of thing maybe vice versa yeah so yeah it's definitely a challenge it, and yeah. i mean i think you lived up to it just great oh, i had a great good. time oh good we, had, we had a terrific time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the, uh, what was it, the Scottish skeleton uh, slash... What, yeah. what, what voice did you end up going with for the crystal ball? Uh, the Maybe we don't have to relive it. What was his name? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Oddlaw from Where's Odd Wally or a little bit like the merchant in the first Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll take it from that. You had a good time too. <laughs> oh, I also realised that my witch voice was exactly the same as the... For people who listen to advanced Sage Russian shootouts, um, that was my diesel donk voice that I did for them in one of their uh, narrator bits. It was the exact same. Voice. So showing you your go. limited range. That's right. <laughs> the same characters over and over. No, uh, that's how the true voice actors do it. Hey, you only you only need ten, and that's enough to go <laughs> worldwide famous. By the time you've done the tenth, they've forgotten the first. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Cycle them through. Um, oh, wonderful! Well, thank you guys for joining us. Like that was that was really fun. You guys did really well, uh, and it's been nice to kind of talk through the design of it together. Um, so, for people who are listening again now. Uh, they can go and find your Kickstarter. That's linked in these show notes as well. Um, it's look, it's it's go 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 support the Kickstarter. What are you doing? Listening? Pause the podcast. Follow that link. Go buy the game and plant some trees and save the world and then then play a fancy game about the world not being saved. You don't even have to plant the trees. We'll plant the trees for you. If, if you, if you fund, help fund our game, help make Tremor a reality, we'll we'll go and do that that uh, that dirty step for you. <laughs> Excellent. Is there anywhere else that people can find you if they're looking? Yeah, we're on um, Instagram. We're pretty active there and we're on Facebook. So Curly Bros Games for both of those platforms. Awesome. Please check it out. I certainly will be. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and for people who are looking for us in other places uh we are on facebook uh, as escape this podcast we're on twitter at esk this podcast uh, we're on instagram as well uh you can send us an email at escape this pod at gmail.com uh and you can also sign up for our patreon uh anyone who does sign up for the patreon has a chance to appear in an episode like this week's or this fortnight's mm -hmm. uh donor shoshana and also, don't forget Prince James, James Spade. Oh, wonderful. Prince <laughs> James Spade. So you both appeared in an episode today. Um, Sorry also... for killing you, Shoshana. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we always do something bad. And again, Shoshana, you're, a, you're, you're one of the mean NPCs. But James got a nice one. I mean, yeah, sort of. Sorry Prince for licking Toad. you, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you went through some stuff. Uh, but as well as that, look, for $5 donors, we have bonus episodes. There's, there's the 
you can hear the playtest for this room as well as other bonus episodes and public domain murder mystery games and all these various things which you can check out on the Patreon. Uh, we have badges for our ten dollar donors, private games for our fifty dollar donors. If you want to do that, you can come. You can just play a game with us over on Skype, or if you're in Sydney, come hang out with us. Um, but yeah, so the, the support we've been getting there is great. Um, we've hit our five hundred dollar goal probably months ago, as of the time <laughs> this comes out. Ago. Uh, so hopefully, there's already a second podcast for you to listen to. Uh, but I'm making no promises because it's taking some time to work out. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for the support there. And if you're not signed up. Thank you for your support anyway, for telling your friends about the show, for reviewing us on iTunes and Stitcher and all those places you can review us, and just for listening because it's really helpful. <laughs> it's really nice to have an audience <laughs> listening to us talk. Uh, so thank you for listening, and thank you again, guys, for coming on the show. Thanks thank so much for having us. Yeah, well. thank you. It was a blast. And thank you, Danny, for being the road for the drivers yeah. the taking this game beneath my wings. I'm regretting all of this already. Why did we get here? <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.